0: Psalm number 25, verses 6 and 7, you'll remember the last time that we were in our study in the Psalms, we looked at verses 4 and 5, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths, lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. Our verses for today. Verses 6 and 7 Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we bow before you, we come before your word, we ask that you'd open our hearts unto it, that you'd speak unto each and every one that is here, Father, that we might know that we have heard, uh, Father, from you, from your word this morning, that we might, Father, be intent to um, hear and that you might give and grant an understanding that we might know. We just pray that you'd be with us, help us, in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. So it's good to be back this morning after being out last week. When you are ill, it gives you an appreciation once again for being well. All the days that we have been enabled to live without any sort of Um, sickness, uh, we we take those days for granted until they're taken away from us and um, we realize what a blessing that they truly are um, and don't just expect them um, because we know there are people who have terminal um, or continuous sorts of illnesses and, and that's just a daily way of life, you know, for them. But the Lord gives grace, doesn't he? in either of those circumstances. But like I said in our study last we spoke about walking in the Lord's ways. The psalmist in essence saying, Make me know your ways, O Lord. And and we asked the question, is that is that a statement that that you know is is something that we can say that is is actual uh, and is is real and is true in our own hearts um, is that the cry of our hearts make me know your ways O lord because when we consider his ways if we're honest then we must confess that we don't always walk in them uh, even though we know them or at least not the way that we ought to oftentimes we fail and that's i'm making that as a point because of where we are with what david's saying remember lord your loving kindness remember lord your mercies, don't don't remember my sins, but remember Amen. your goodness and your mercy towards me, um, because we do oftentimes fail. Um, as we journey through this fallen world on our way to glory, God has has given us His Word, He's given us His Spirit, um, and as we walk through this world with His Word and By the Spirit, uh, we're shown the way to walk in, and we're enabled to walk in it. Um, So David says, teach me thy paths. Uh, There's much to guard against, isn't there? As we go along, much sin to turn aside from. Pride's always there. We could name so many things, so many temptations. Much sin to lay aside, as Scripture says, that so easily, sin that so easily entangles us. It does. Um, we must be diligently on guard against the world, the flesh, and the devil. You know, we can't use our flesh as an excuse for sin. Not when we're called to walk in the Spirit. That's what Galatians 5.16 says, and This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, the world's loved by those who belong to it, but um, God is loved by those who belong to him. Uh, so we love the Lord, we love his ways, we love his word. Um, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That, I don't think we give proper weight to that. When I mean, you think about the reality of the fact that we were once captive by the devil, we were taken captive by him at his will, and you can now resist him? That he flee from you? That's incredible. Uh, to think about, isn't it? 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's the only reason, is because the Lord being in us. And so David says there at the end of verse number 5, he says, On thee do I wait all the day long. On thee do I wait all the day long. When you think about David's statements that he's making here and the connection that we're making between being taught his ways and asking the Lord to remember mercy, uh, we have reason to say along with the psalmist, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting you know, we're told to examine ourselves in light of 2 Corinthians 13, verse number 5, to see if we're in the faith. And that's part of what I was saying before. If this is a cry of your heart, that, Lord, I may know you, that I may know your word, that I may know your ways, that I may walk in your truth, um, you know that's the evidence that we truly belong unto him. Uh, either Christ is in us, 2 Corinthians thirteen five is saying, or we fail the test. Uh, either our hearts desire to walk according to the truth, or we're not his. Either we desire to do those things that we hear from his word or we don't belong to him. You can think about what the Lord said to those he was speaking to in Luke 6.46 when he says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? So the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 2, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. I had a chance to interact with the man next door here this week. And, of course, uh, it wasn't a a spiritual conversation, you know, that we were able to have. But the thought just crossed my mind. And it's not the first time that it has. But to live right there. I mean, stone's throw. Less than a stone's throw. I mean, here's here's the word of God being proclaimed Mm -hmm. week after week after week. Here is salvation being offered week after week after week, and there is no interest. There's no desire. Um, as, as close of an interest or a desire that he's come to is this week, and that was the interaction that I had with him, was he parked some of his vehicles out here in the parking lot while he was doing some work there behind his house on his barn. Um, but it's it's sad to think about if the Lord does not intervene you know, in the life of that man that, that, that one day he's going to be in hell and think about the fact that the gospel was being proclaimed just feet from his door. He didn't have to travel a great distance. He could just walk over but has no hunger, brethren, be thankful. Be thankful you hunger and thirst after righteousness. Be thankful that the Lord has arrested you along the way. Be thankful the Lord has opened your heart. Be thankful the Lord has made known himself unto you, or we would be precisely like that. Apart from the grace of God. James one twenty two says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We could go from that scenario to us sitting here, um, listening to the word of God week after week after week. Are we more than hearers of God's word? Are we doers of that word? Um, how about the person who sits in the pew week after week and hears the gospel proclaimed? What about that person lifting their eyes up in hell and saying, why, oh, why did I not cry out in the day in which I was alive and upon the face of the earth and the Lord was so merciful unto me that he allowed me to to be under the preaching of the gospel and yet I paid it no attention and it went in one ear and out the other. Well, we, we certainly have in... The life of David before us and all the things that, that he has written and the things that have been written about him, uh, we have a man whose life is literally an open book for all to see, don't we? Uh, I mean, David's life is, is just, it seems wide open for us. Um, we have an honest account. It's not a whitewashed account. We have an honest account you know, of his failures, as well as his victories, as he sought to follow after God with all of his heart. Did he live perfectly? No, he didn't live perfectly. But he was a man after God's own heart. And so we have to ask ourselves, is there that love in us that we see in David, one which is after God's own heart? Some people look at the life of David and pick it apart and pick out all the failures and say, well, look and look and look and look, while others look and see the propensity that we all have to fall into the same things that David fell into, and the great need that we have to guard ourselves and ask the Lord to keep us, you know, from uh, evil. But like David, we all do fail and fail miserably at times, and it seems that that is a connection to where we are right here with what David is saying in these two verses. We have need to come before the Lord the same as David does here in precisely the same manner. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies. We have need to stand on the same ground and have the same plea as David does here. We're not asking for the Lord to show us something that he's unable to show He's able to manifest because of that mercy seat that we heard about this morning already. He's able to manifest this that David's asking for. David's asking for something and for the Lord to do something, to show something that, that is available unto him. Um, you think about mercy and justice. They've met, right? Amen. They've met in Christ. The justice due unto our sins He's paid the purchase price, and the mercy that was not ours is ours in him. Um, He has secured our pardon, and mercy is ours instead of wrath. Therefore, we can say with David here, remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies. When we find ourselves in that place of failing, as we see David in his own life often do, as we think upon these two verses in which David asked the Lord to remember. He says in the first part, he says, remember. The second part, he says, remember not. And then he comes back again and he says, remember. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been paralyzed over past sins? You know, we come to this table and we we have the whole thought about examining ourselves, don't we? And we think about you know, you know sins maybe of yesterday, and maybe sins of further back, you know, than that. Um, and sometimes we stop right there. But we can't be, we can't just stay there. We can't be paralyzed because of past sins. We've got to go beyond that to that mercy seat and that mercy that is available. And we think about in remembrance of me. And I think about that in a twofold way. You know, on our side, we think about the mercy that is ours in Christ. But then you think about on God's side, He saw the travail of His soul. When He looks upon me, when He looks upon my sin, He saw the travail of His soul and was satisfied. God was satisfied with me in Christ. God is satisfied. With me in Christ. So we're we're haunted at times by these past sins, by those things that Satan would say unto us, It's okay. Go ahead. God's gracious. And then on the back side of the sin, he comes along and says, How could how could you ever think that you have any hope in Christ with all these things that you've done in your life? your life is full of sin and contradiction, there's no hope for you. He would, he would play both sides, wouldn't he? Um, but whether it be a memory of a sin from long ago or from yesterday, David points us to what God remembers. I think it's helpful to think about it that way. David points us to what God remembers. What does God remember? Uh, he remembers what that, that satisfaction Uh, That there is for our sins in Christ. God remembers that when we sin. God remembers what I was quoting from Isaiah 53.11. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. God remembers. What must we remember? We must remember Christ died. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Romans eight thirty two to 34 says, He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall not he with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ, and think about these haunting, paralyzing sins, right? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So we've all been in that place of thinking about, I mean, pose it to you this way too. We've all been in that place of thinking about our present troubles being the result of, of past sins, right? Now be careful in pointing the finger at other people in that regard. You know, Job's friends, you know, did plenty of that, didn't they? You know, but for us, how often has the thought come to mind, the reason for this present trouble that I find myself in is because of past sin that I have committed. Those sins weigh heavy upon us, And what a cry we have from the heart of of David here as a result, saying unto the Lord, remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Uh, We see it in the life of David. We see it in the life of other saints in Scripture, the loving kindness, the tender mercy of the Lord towards his people uh, that he has chosen for himself. Former sins are often forgotten, but when they rise up against us, they are a fearful opponent. When our sins rise up against us, uh, we have need to come to a place like this and say, Remember, Lord, your mercies. Psalm 130 verse 1 says, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I will wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. So we come before a God who remembers mercy. Who remembers loving kindness and steadfast, gracious love. That is, these are all definitions of that same thing. Towards a people that he has chosen for himself, for whom he has given his only begotten son, having placed upon him the wrath due unto us. Mm -hmm. Do not feel forgotten. Isn't that, in a sense, what David's saying here? Remember, Lord, do not feel forgotten. It's merely a feeling. It's not a truth. It's not a reality. When We feel forgotten. It's not true. He'll, he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's not forgotten. Remember, O Lord, thy loving kindness. Ephesians 1.5 says, Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted. We've been made acceptable in the sight of God, made us accepted in the beloved. So here's this remembrance David talks about here, whether it's the first time or the thousandth time. Here's our rest in Christ. And David is asking for the Lord to remember this loving kindness and this mercy that he he has shown ever of old. James 5.11 says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. Do you think Job had reason to say, Lord, remember? All the things that Job was suffering, do you think he had reason to say, Lord, remember mercy? Lord, remember your loving kindness? Lord, remember me? He says, We've seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I mean, there's been times I've thought, Lord, I just can't, I can't take anymore. I just This is more than I can bear. Um, the Lord is, is, is very pitiful. And he's full of tender mercy. Exodus 34, verses 5 and 7. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, that is Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, what? Merciful and gracious. Proclaim the Lord. Merciful and gracious. Here's the proclamation of God concerning himself. Merciful and gracious. Long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his mercy. Great is his loving kindness. Great it has been to Noah. Great it has been to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. We could go on Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Jonah, um, Daniel, and here David. Hebrews 12:1 tells us we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses that God's been merciful unto. And he says, let us therefore lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we journey, as we travel, Lord, remember mercy. Lord, remember your loving kindness towards your servant whom you have chosen Whom you have bought with the precious blood of the only begotten Son of God. Above it all, everything that we face, everything that we go through, above it all stands the Lord's tender mercies. No matter what we're facing, He's at work, He's doing something. It is a merciful reality when we think about it that is entirely encouraging. knowing what God has done for us in times past, knowing what he's done for saints past, knowing what he will do for us because he does not change. I've, I've prayed that way before, haven't you? Lord, you've done this for so-and-so. Would you do it for me? Lord, I I saw what you did for the children of Israel in the wilderness. Will you will you make provision for me? You you provided where there was nothing. You know. you, you 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 gave you gave manna from heaven. You gave water from the rock. Uh, Lord, there there's no end to what you can do. Uh, there's no end to your ability. There's no end unto your mercy. They rebelled against you, and you yet remain merciful. You know unto them. Remember mercy. Remember not my sin. Spurgeon said this. He said, with an unchangeable God, it is a most effectual argument to remind him of his ancient mercies and his eternal love. This is what David's doing. So David speaks in terms of God remembering as if God could forget, right? It's a help for us, isn't it? Uh, Remember. I mean, God hasn't forgotten anything. Um, God's never learned anything. It's hard for us to even comprehend, isn't it? God doesn't learn anything, and He can't forget anything. Uh, he doesn't have to struggle to recall anything. Um, we sat there this morning trying to think of a hymn. You know, I had some of the words, and Teresa was like, "Can you hum some of it?" And I did, and and we we had that, but we still didn't have, uh, you know, the, the title to be able to to look it up. But God doesn't struggle to recall. He doesn't strain to think or to understand. Um, We use such terms as God remembering or not remembering what we've done as a benefit to our understanding because God is so far above us. Listen, Psalm 139, verse 1 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandeth my thought. Listen. Afar off. Afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. So David has to say and to help us to understand. He says, Remember. O Lord. Hebrews 4.13 says neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and open unto the eyes with whom we have to do. Psalm 147 verse 5, great is our Lord and of great power his understanding is infinite. Isaiah 46.9, remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me declaring the end Think about that. Declaring the end from the beginning. I'm reading a book right now that the, that the author, he, he starts the first chapter with the conclusion. It's not, not usual to start a book with the conclusion. But here we have God declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all of my pleasure. He's always known all. Always known all. Past, present, future. He can't gain any new information that he did not already have, nor can he lose any knowledge. What great sin could there be Yet in our future, Hmm. what great sin could there be yet in our future that would threaten to overwhelm us, leaving us distraught, feeling forgotten, feeling as if we were under condemnation, and yet God knows it, and he has not cast us off. When I think about that thought, Peter always comes to mind. The Lord chose him as a disciple, and yet Peter denies him. Can you imagine how Peter must have felt distraught, overwhelmed, in great sorrow, and yet God chose him, and yet God did not cast him away. Once he had had denied the Lord three times. It makes me think about while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. How merciful the Lord is. Psalm 103, verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Think about that. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Micah seven eighteen. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because we we serve a God who delights. Micah says he delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. So do we know something of the reality of what David is saying here in our own lives? Remember thy mercies, O Lord. Remember, listen, remember thy mercies which speak for me. Remember thy mercies which speak for me and not my sins which speak against me. Remember thy mercies which speak for me and not my sins which speak against me. That is, in essence, what David is saying here. Matthew Henry said, It is God's goodness and not ours, his mercy and not our merit, that we must, or that must be our plea for the pardon of sin and all the good we stand in need of. This plea we must always rely upon as those that are sensible of our poverty and unworthiness, and as those that are satisfied of the riches of God's mercy and grace. This is what David's crying for. He's saying, remember mercy. Remember not my sins. Remember your mercy that speaks for me and not my sins that speak against me. Spurgeon also said this. He said, the only adequate answer to this dilemma that we have, these, these paralyzing, haunting sins that, that come before us, that the devil's all too glad to resurrect, as it were, and bring before us. Or, you know, those times that we've already said that we find ourselves in circumstances and troubles, and we think this is because of that sin. The only adequate answer to this dilemma is Jesus Christ, who satisfied the justice of God by bearing our punishment in our place on the cross. His death satisfied the justice of God completely allowing him to forget or to cast, as it were, our sins as far as the east is from the west and thus reach out to save us graciously. Because of this mercy seat we heard about this morning, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. I'm thinking about this remembering. Um, David asking the Lord to remember. Maybe think of Isaiah 49, verse 14 But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Listen, behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me, Remember, Lord, remember thy mercy. Brother Conrad said God is too holy and just to arbitrarily forgive sins unless their just penalty has been satisfied. When we realize that we have forgiveness of sins only because God's son suffered the just penalty for them, we can no longer think lightly of our disobedience to his holy commandments. The grace of God teaches us to forsake sin and to seek to walk justly and unblameably. God does also, in a real sense, remember his good eternal purpose for those whom he has chosen. Our salvation, therefore, is predicated not upon our lack of sinfulness or past holiness, but upon his particular loving kindness for us. He remembers us for good because of the mercy he has purposed in eternity, before the world began to bestow upon us. Therefore, we can be assured that if we have reason to believe that God has ever been kindly disposed towards us, then he will never change his mind. His mercy through Christ Jesus is the sole cause of our salvation. This is our plea continuously this is our plea what he has done what Christ has done on our behalf but think about what he was what he's saying there you are his purchased possession you belong unto him your sins are gone those forgotten you he has not forgotten you he has not forgotten you are the apple of his eye you are no longer under condemnation you have undergone a transformation. Having the righteousness of Christ, you have a new destination. What a glorious salvation, right, that we have in Christ. Uh, I know times are difficult. I know that we feel that we're at the end of our rope sometimes. But look look beyond it all. Look beyond it all to where David's looking here. Remember, Lord Thy mercy. Remember, Lord, Thy tender, loving kindness. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions, but remember Thou me for goodness' sake, O Lord. Remember Thou me. Look beyond it all to what God has promised. Look beyond it all to what is yours as a purchased possession in Christ. The tender loving mercies and the the loving kindness of your heavenly Father. His disposition towards you in Christ uh, is that of mercy, of continuous mercy. It's that mercy seat that we heard about again uh, this morning. Romans 8.18, I'll read this and close. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Remember mercy. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have ever been of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions, according to thy mercy. Remember thou me, for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. So, calling upon the Lord to remember mercy. When we find ourselves in those places where we are haunted, where we are paralyzed, it is Christ who's died. It is Christ who has paid the purchase. It is Christ who has paid the The ransom. It is Christ who was forsaken that we would not be.